0: Good morning from Northern California. We are at the chapter called The Search for Providence. I believe that's where we are. In The Lady in Gold, The Extraordinary Tale of Gustav Klimp's Masterpiece. Portrait of Adele Block Bar, written by Anne Marie O'Connor. As he scoured Vienna's dusty archives in search of the documents needed to prove the Blockbauer case, Hubertus turned to Belvedere director Gerbert Frödel. Frödel had a provenance as complicated as any Austrian painting. He had been born in 1940 to Walter Friedl, a cur- a curator for Hitler's final obsession the Fera Museum in Linz. Belvedere staff claimed to have seen a wartime photograph of Walter Froedel raising his hand in the Nazi salute from the back of a truck loaded with ironized treasures stolen from the crates of fleeing Austrian Jews. In 1965, Walter Froedel became president of the Federal Monument Office he was repeatedly accused of impeding attempts to recover art. But by the time he died in 1994, he had managed to sanitize his resume of its Nazi past so well that reputable art historians co-authored books with him. What about the reports that his father looted art? Vienna journalist Barbara Petsch asked Gerbert or Gerbert Frodel or Frodel I don't believe he would do something dishonorable certainly not something involved with art theft Frodel was quoted as replying Curiously Frodel had published a Belvedere book in 1995 that said the Belvedere acquired the gold portrait of Adèle in 1936 and the second portrait of Adèle in 1928 well before the anschluss before the anschluss through a bequest from fernand fernand Blackbar, it said that it said the landscapes were acquired through separate bequests these were strange inaccuracies since Frodo presumably had access to all the original documentation Frodo told a reporter that in the past If a painting was listed as a donation, few questions were asked. We knew a lot, but it wasn't really conscious knowledge, he said. The Blockbauer donation, Frodo insisted, was based on Adele's will. The museum was holding the paintings in accordance with Adele's wishes. In Los Angeles, Randall was making overtures to Viennese officials But he wasn't getting far someone pointed randall toward hubertus zernin hubertus was now seriously ill austria's dashing investigative reporter couldn't even struggle up the stone stairs of the federal monument office to ask for archives he worked with difficulty in great pain he no longer found the stonewalling of austrian officials amusing now he was as impatient as Randall. Maybe you do understand now that from time to time I want to sue the whole republic. They play games with you, with the heirs, Sernan wrote Randall in a furious email on December ninth, 1998. I asked Frodel yesterday if he would fax to me Adele's last will. He didn't want to because, quote, if I do, it will be sent around the world, end quote, and that that's the reason I'll send him around the world. Hubertus had moles in Vienna, in the Vienna archives. Adele's will was key. Randall believed it was a non-binding request and that Fernand had paid for the paintings making him, in Austria's patriarchal society, their legal owner. After World War II, it was difficult to argue. That Ferdinand ha- would have given them to Austria. In January 1999, a fax from Zernin began to scroll into ro- scol- yeah scroll into Randall's office. It was Adele's will. Zernin found more damning evidence: Eric Furr's la- letter transferring Adele's portrait to the Belvedere, signed Heil Hitler. That same month a Vienna Advisory Council on Art Restitution, the Birat, recommended that Austria return two hundred forty one pieces of the Rothschild collection, which it had long insisted were donated quote unquote, to the Rothschild heirs. Things were changing. That March, Maria's spirit soared as she flew over the Alps, her resolve strengthening with the sight of the massive peaks and luminous glaciers i have a little aside here oh when i flew over the alps the first time i was just stunned at the beauty i was going over from france to italy i guess is when i saw it and coming back as well she had been invited to speak at a restitution conference life was picking up for this octogenarian she had a mission now, a score to settle with history. When the taxi stopped at Karl Luger Platz, Maria was overwhelmed with nostalgia. Here was the composer's park, where the young Maria had wandered disconsult- disconsolately while Fritz dallied with a married woman. At the Stubenbestei, Maria stopped at the front door of her long-ago home, the peaceful haven where she had climbed into her father's arms and inhaled the smell of his leather chair. The concrete Roman legionnaire, with wings on his helmet and snakes at his sternum, still held vigil above her door. She thought of ringing her doorbell. But what was the point? There was nothing left. The names on the apartments belonged to strangers. The Austrians had shamelessly stolen her family's life and offered no contrition. Even Maria's favorite actress, Paula Wesley, who had made her weep in Liebelay, had remained in Austria to entertain Nazis. Her Gestapo ma- minder Felix sorry, let me go back. Her Gestapo Minder, Felix Landau was barely punished, Maria would learn. He escaped American detention and lived for years in Bavaria as an interior designer. He finally got a life sentence in Germany, but was freed after ten years. Landau was a free man in Vienna, the last decade of his life. He died in nineteen eighty three. Former Nazi governor Baldur Baldur von Schirach had served only 20 years and lived long enough to be interviewed by David Frost. Maria remembered. Oh, Sorry, I almost skipped a paragraph here. Maria hailed a cab the Ringstrasse curved near Adele and house which still housed National Railway offices now of Austria. The cab stopped at the Belvedere. Maria climbed the grand staircase until she came face-to-face with Climp's golden Adele in the grand salon. Maria remembered listening to Adele hold forth a famous, m- as famous men listened. She, sorry, I've got to put my book in a different spot. My microphone was bugging me. And the kitties have to chime in. Hello, Maggie. Okay, here we go. Back to the text. Okay, where was I? Maria remembered listening to Adele hold forth as famous men listened, she in, so intimidating to a little girl. Now Maria looked at Adele's pale face with a lifetime of understanding and saw the vulnerability and discontent Maria saw her eagerness. The aspirations never realized. Now her aunt seemed poignant. Maria asked someone to photograph her in front of Adele. As the camera flashed, a young guard warned that photos were prohibited. This is my aunt, Maria retorted angrily. This painting belongs to my family. The young man regarded Maria with respectful curiosity. Museum guides never explained this enigmatic woman. The guard asked, "Who was she?" When Maria met Hubertus Cernon, he was terribly ill. Yet he was so intelligent and dryly funny, so charming. Hubertus arranged a meeting with the Culture Minister, Elizabeth Gerr. Maria told Gerr she was she would possibly, sorry, Maria told Gerer she would consider a negotiated solution. Maria would later testify that she also met with Frodo. She said her, he took her to the cafe near St. Stephen Pla, Stephen's Plaza. Now that we are alone, let's say what's in our hearts, she quoted him as saying. Maria said she told Frodo they were not truly alone. She and other heirs had a lawyer, but he would speak frankly. She said, Frödel told her, look, we have enough landscapes. We can spare landscapes, but just don't take the portraits away. Frödel would later deny his, this exchange took place. Randall got a free ticket to Europe that April by accepting an invitation to appear as a, on a German game show. I carry a big name, a sort of European what's my line, in which contestants guess a panelist's famous relative. Jet-lagged, Randall sat next to a a great-grandson of opera singer Enrico Caruso and a grandson of German writer Heinrich Mann, who dressed like a rock star and said he wanted to to found an island of love off Brazil. Oh, my gosh. Randall made it through the show with his college German and took the next plane to Vienna. He carried an 85-page argument for the return of the Blockbauer Klimts to present to the Bayraut the Bayra- Council. But in June, the Austrian panel recommended against return in the Klimt paintings. It said, Only 16 Klimt drawings of Adele and 20 pieces of Fernand's porcelain should be restituted. The decision was far from unanimous. One panelist resigned in protest. The Belvedere is not the legal owner of these paintings, Maria wrote to the Bayrat. We are keenly aware of the gold portrait's importance as a national treasure. Once the Bayrat decides to recognize our legal right to the paintings, we would then be in a position to work out a way with you that leaves the portrait in Vienna. Maria never got an answer to the letter or any others she wrote to us, to Austrian officials. In the old Vienna, people kissed the hand. They answered letters. She would grumble. Randall was furious. The recommendation of the bureau is based on lies, he wrote Hubertus in a scorching email. The world now knows that the Klimt paintings are Nazi looted art. No amount of whitewashing or legalistic argumentation can erase that fact. Randall strafed Austrian Austria in the press. To have argued to have argued that Fernand and Adele would have wanted this to be a Holocaust denier. He told the Los Angeles Times he out his outburst made headlines in Austria. Cernan was delighted at his unfettered rage. Randall was. Barging into the fragile china shop that was Vienna and trashing the place. Not everyone was happy with Randall's confrontational approach. Trottle, the skinny girl in Yugoslavia, who had tried to save her father's life, was now Princess Nelly Auersberg. in an, an uh, Sorry, Anne an, <laughs> Let me start again. Uh was now Princess Nellie Auerberg, an internationally known cancer researcher at the University of British Columbia at Vancouver. She had spent her life searching for markers that could detect ovarian cancer in time to save women's lives. When Maria had asked her to join the legal claim in, 19, in October 1998, she agreed to allow Randall to represent her. Now she had mixed feelings. Nellie felt a deep kinship with her cerebral great-aunt, Adele, and shared her passion for learning. Adele had loved Austria, and Nellie believed in her heart that the Klimt paintings belonged there. Most Austrians today hadn't even been born during this terrible history. Why should they be deprived of their paintings? Nellie wanted to be left in peace. She had never really gotten over her father's death. She was trying to get his name cleared of the accusation that he collaborated with fascists in Yugoslavia. She had married into a conservative royal dynasty and made a good life, and she wasn't even sure the paintings belonged to her family. Nellie feared Randall was heading for a messy public showdown with the Austrians. I am horrified, Nellie had written Randall in a long, furious missive in november 1998. if you hear this paper i have a piece a bag hanging on the end of my chair and the cat is going back and forth with her tail on that on the bag <laughs> sorry for the distraction okay let's see i am horrified Nellie had written randall in a long furious missive in november 1998. it is clear to me that we have an irreconcilable dis- difference of opinion as to how the case of the Blockbauer estate should be handled. In the circumstances, it is better that you do not continue to represent my interest in this matter. we're now into I can't afford to, I can't afford for you to lose. Randall now appealed directly to the Austrian culture minister, Elisabeth Gehrer, offering to settle the case through arbitration in Austria. Her response was simple. If you disagree with the Bayrault, you can contest the decision in court. But the Austrians demanded $1.8 million as a deposit against against court costs. Based on a portion of the estimated value of the paintings, Randall got the sum reduced to the the equally unaffordable $500,000. This was war. Randall and Maria would pursue the case in the United States. After he returned from Vienna, Randall got a call from Stephen Lash, a top executive of Christie's Auction House in New York. Of course, of course. That's my (laughs) aside. (laughs) Of course, it's Christie's Auction House. Okay, sorry. Back to the text. Lash was also making overtures to Maria and Nellie. Lash put Randall in touch with Ron Lauder, or Lauder, the chairman of the new commission of art recovery. In August 1999, by Randall's account, Lauder's chauffeur picked him up at JFK airport and drove him to the former diplomat's Long Island estate. Lauder was in his robe, chatting with the author Louis Louis or Lewis Begley. Colin Powell was making phone calls in the next room. Randall chatted with Powell's wife, Alma, in the breakfast room. Wow, I wonder if it's the Colin Powell. That can't be right, can it? I'll have to look that up. Okay. Back to the text. louder, louder and Begley finally summoned him. Randall explained his strategy to recover the Klimts. To his dismay they only notified uh, sorry to his dismay they only nodded politely Randall had hoped he could get a job at the Commission for Art Recovery so he could leave his law firm and work on the Klimt case full time Lauder told Randall he had seen the gold portrait of Adele for the first time when he was 14 years old on a trip to Vienna and had thought about the painting ever since he told he looked at randall sternly randy i can't afford for you to lose he said but lauder didn't seem confident randall could win randall said charles goldstein the legal counsel of the commission had a colleague look over randall's legal briefs and strategy but no one offered randall a job randall was deeply disappointed he had a baby girl dora and a son on the way With chronic Crohn's disease, Randall was tough to insure. He quit his job anyway in April 2000. A friend, Mitch Stokes, sublet him a law office at Wilshire and Bundy for $1,200 a month. Randall's father and father-in-law lent him money. Randall was on his own. But Randall and Maria had an ally of sorts. In February of 2000, Lauder stood before the United States House of Representatives And declared that since the return of the notoriously exhorted Rothschild collection, Austria had resolved a few art theft claims. Geez, I wonder if that testimony is in the archives. I'd love to listen to that. Okay, back to the text. Um, Lauder spoke as the founder and chairman of the commission for art recovery of the world jewish congress congress i see this as as part of the rem- a movement of the far right of austria Lauder said he told congress that minister gerer had invited maria altman to sue for the s- return of the blockbauer klimps in vienna courts but required a bond of half a million dollars just to get started yes you heard me correctly Lauder said in August 2000, Randall and Maria filed the suit in the United States Federal Court in Los Angeles. Austria asked that the suit be dismissed, saying United States courts were denied jurisdiction by the 1976 Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act, which shields foreign governments from most lawsuits in United States courts. At the time, many law- many lawyers might have agreed with Austria. Hmm the next piece is how do you solve a problem like maria in it might have surprised and disappointed randall to discover he was not the worst fear of gottfried totman or toman the Vienna attorney at defending austria's claim to the Klimps. toman a bald bearded man with ex- expressive eyes dismissed randall as a socially tone-deaf los angeles lawyer toman rolled his eyes when he heard that Randall called himself Viennese. To Toman, Randall was just a pushy American trial lawyer, the kind of assessment Randall chalked up to anti-Semitism. In Toman's eyes, Randall's frankness and transparency would go nowhere in subtle, opaque Vienna. But Maria was, the, but Maria was a problem. Toman had seen Maria on television. She spoke the poetic, musical German he had not heard since he was a small boy, It was the Italianate German of the Habsburg Empire which with flourishes courtesies and the instinctive impulse even in open conflict to be charming. It was like a magic spell, this lilting, delicate dialect and it was all but extinct now. Toman was entranced as Maria conjured up the possibility of an affair between her aunt and Klimt, then demurely waved it away with a smile and fluttering eyelashes that suggest the romance was indeed consummated. Toman was charmed by Maria. This worried him. He didn't believe that either he or Randall had had definite proof that they were right. But Randall had Maria. Toman had only the Austrian state and the liability of the terrible past that he called the Burden of History. Let's see. I'm going to read one more and then I'll put the next one in another section. Klimps Stolen Women As Toman tried to anticipate Randall's next move, the Burden of History reared its head in a manner no one could have predicted. In September 2000, Belvedere, director Gerbert Frodel and curator Tobias Natter opened a long-awaited exhibition, Klimt's Women. It was to be a stunning triumph in, for Austria, a comprehensive showcase of Klimt's works surpassed only by the Nazi-sponsored 1943 show of Klimt's works, now unavailable to art lovers because they had been burned in Emmendorf. Wow. That's right. The poster of the 2000 show... Klimt's sultry lady with hat and feather boa hung all over Vienna. But Ayers stepped forward to claim the painting when the show opened. The figure's bedroom eyes no longer seemed to signify an erotic gaze, but rather to convey something more akin to anxious anticipation, as if she were waiting to be picked up by her rightful owners, quipped historian Leo Lensing in the Times Literary Supplement. As in the f- 1943 show under the Nazis, Adele was, a, was at center stage. But this time, the co- inclusion of her portrait drew merciless barbs. Vienna culture reporter Joachim Ridel compared Austria to a gangster's mall parading around after a bloody robbery with jewelry that she insists the victims actually gave her as a present. The portrait of ill-starred Rhea Monk, radiantly resurrected by Klimt, was also in dispute, claimed by the heirs of her murdered mother. The book produced for Klimt's women was a diary of tragedy. Here was a reproduction of the long-lost painting of Anton Felsvigny's mother Gertrude in her diaphanous white dress, bought by the Nazi propagandist Gustav Uchiki, and still at large, Amelie Amelie Zuckerkondel's bare white shoulders now evoked the vulnerability of an old woman who died at the hands of brutes. Klimt's high-minded Elizabeth Bacofenet seemed naively unprepared for the treachery that had that would darken her most intimate life. These women were not just portrait subjects. They were martyrs. The parade of stolen paintings could not have been more ill-timed. Some European leaders were already refusing to shake the hand of Austrian Chancellor Wolfgang Schussel. In early 2000, Schussel had formed a coalition with the Freedom Party of infamous right-wing politician Jung Jung Haider, the son of a Nazi, who called SS officers, quote-unquote, men of honor. The European Union even briefly imposed sanctions. Now Haider was using his strengthened political platform to attack United States' attempts to win compensation for elderly Austrian former slave laborers and Holocaust survivors. There must be an end at some point, Heider told a Vienna meeting. Not a cent more echoed the new Freedom Party finance minister, Karl Heinz Grasser. A month after the disastrous Klimt opening, Heider defended the SS to an annual gathering of SS veterans, October 1st, in a mountain town in Carinthia, where Haider was governor. He openly flouted the Nuremberg Tribunal's definition of the SS as a criminal organization. It is unacceptable that past the past of our fathers and grandparents is reduced to that of criminals, said Haider. They are not criminals. Chancellor Schussel, did little to improve Austria's tattered image in a November interview with the Jerusalem Post when he insisted Austria was the first victim of the Nazi regime and the Nazis took Austria by force. The Klimt's Women exhibition was scheduled to travel to Canada but only a few paintings left Austria. Austria claimed that the gold portrait of Adele was too fragile. The art world however believed Austria feared that sympathetic foreign courts might pull the disputed paintings from museum walls. Then, in May 2001, Austria got an ominous shot across the bow. Los Angeles Federal Judge Florence Marie Cooper ruled Randall and Maria's case could go forward in the United States courts. Judge Cooper ruled that Maria had made a substantial and non-frivolous claim that these works were taken in violation of international law. Austria was an adequate forum for the claim because of its unduly burdensome court filing fees, she wrote. Suddenly, the annoying Los Angeles attorney and his octogenarian plaintiff seemed a lot less easy to blow off. And I will continue in the next cast and we will be talking about a lost cause celebre diplomacy and at least another couple supreme judgment we'll find out what happens to this painting in the courts it looks like arbitration and chow Adele. maybe that's almost to the end here looks like i might have a few more casts to do but we're there we're almost there so I will see you on the next cast and thank you again for listening. I hope you're enjoying it. Take good care.